From the Bob Marley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion, email edition for March 5th, 2009. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined this week by my good friends, Kathy Worling, Walter Eccles, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. Teresa Eccles is back in the peanut gallery. Uh, this is a special edition of our email show. We're going to be uh, taking uh, only questions regarding Disneyland this week. Um, our... The second part of our Disneyland show will actually go up next week. We were going to do it this week, but scheduling conflicts are making it impossible to get that recorded. We have to record that on a separate day. So uh, that will go up next week. But as I said, we're going to be answering your emails and voicemails uh, regarding Disneyland on today's show. And uh, just to let everybody know to on how to contact us, if you want to send us an email, the address is podcast at wdwinfo.com. Or you can fill out the feedback form on our show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. If you'd like to call us, toll-free in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, 877-310-9662. Our local number, 407-574-5093. In the United Kingdom, toll-free, 0808-120-2316. And in Australia, 1-800-774-531. And uh, we're going to head and just get started our first voicemail comes to us from brian hi my name is brian and i have a voicemail about disneyland i want to talk about disneyland from the perspective of a family with small children in my case i have two girls age four and a half and three years old i've been to disneyland about every five years for the past 20 but last april was my kids first trip we enjoyed it so much that we bought annual passes and went back in october and this is coming from someone who was a lifelong disney world traveler and DVC member, so I really consider Disney World to be my home park. Now when my kids are older and they can appreciate more things about Disney World, we will certainly want to go back there, but for the time being, they only want to go to Disneyland. One of the reasons for us going to California instead of Florida was that my wife really enjoys the smallness of Disneyland as opposed to the expansive nature of Walt Disney World. And when you have small children, it's a great selling point. You don't have to get in the car to go anywhere. You pack up a bag and a stroller and that's all you need. You just walk out of your hotel room and in less than 20 minutes you're at the park. And when you want to go home, it's just as easy. If your child has to take naps during the day or has a meltdown during the day, it's real easy to leave the park and get back quickly to the hotel room. That's an excellent point. I hadn't thought about that, but he raises a very good point. It's very easy to get back to your hotel. A lot easier to get back to your hotel at Disneyland than it is Mm -hmm. at Disney World anyway. No waiting for a bus or taking a monorail to the parking lot to get in your car and then drive back to the hotel. And for the adults, too, it's so easy to take a quick walk back to the hotel to rest and change clothes for the evening. And on the way back, you can get great-tasting kettle corn in downtown Disney. Oh, okay. He had to mention the kettle corn. This is a conspiracy, this kettle corn. It is so good. It's like they just ought to attach like straps to the bag so you can just like wrap it around your ears and wear it as a feeding bag. It is so good. Every time we go, as soon as I get within 20 feet of that kettle corn, kettle corn cart, 
You can smell it. Yeah, I think they have a big fan blowing it through. They do. It's just like it's just wafting all over the place. And I was like, oh my god, I gotta have some. So, thanks for bringing that up. Now that I don't have any, so now you have to send me some. In terms of rides, Disneyland has Disney World beat when it comes to small children. Epcot and Hollywood Studios don't offer that much in terms of rides for the ages of my kids, and often what they do offer is also in California. For example, Finding Nemo, Toy Story Mania, and Playhouse Disney. And at Disney World, most of the time the kids just want to go to Magic Kingdom anyway, so if you're going to do that, why not spend it at Disneyland instead? And for families with small children, there's only one word that describes the difference between Florida and California, and that word would be Fantasyland. The Fantasyland at Disneyland is far superior to that of Florida's. You have five dark rides, Alice in Wonderland, Mr. Toad, Peter Pan, Snow White, and Pinocchio. The Pooh ride in Florida's Fantasyland can be found in Critter Country, although it is a little different. Add to that the Storybook Land Canal Boats, Casey Jr. Train, which Florida doesn't have. And then you have the Teacups, the Carousel, Matterhorn, Small World, Princess Fantasy Fair. There's just so much to do in California that you could literally spend a whole day in Fantasyland. One nice thing about the Matterhorn is that the height limit is only 35 inches, because they still have the old-style seating where one person sits between the legs of another. Because of that, you can take your kids on it when they're really young. Both my kids went on it when they were three years old, and although they were a little scared at first, they now love the ride. Comparing the rest of the park, I think Disneyland is better in a lot of ways. Toontown does have the small kid roller coaster that Florida does, but they also have a Roger Rabbit dark ride. Both Tomorrowlands have Buzz Lightyear, but I think the Autopia is better in California than it is in Florida. In terms of the more adult rides, Disneyland and Magic Kingdom both have a lot of similar rides, but I think Disneyland has a higher level of quality overall that Florida just can't beat. At DCA, you've got the Monsters Incorporated Dark Ride, which my kids love, and of course you have the Toy Story Mania. The Bugs Land rides are admittedly kiddie rides, but the young ones love them so much that it makes it fun for moms and dads, too. And the adult rides over there, the California Screaming Coaster and the Grizzly River Run, are both great rides. Add to that, Soren, which is also in Florida, is about the same. In terms of food, I just listened to the Friday podcast in which you guys said that Florida had better food. It's, just, it's interesting because I've been so fed up with the Florida dining situation lately that I thought it was a nice change to not have to have dining reservations made so far in advance or else you couldn't eat a nice meal. Sure, not everything in Disneyland is the best, but I think it does compare favorably to Disney World. One of the things about the closeness of off-property restaurants in California is that you can go home from the parks and then just order carryout or go to the sit-down restaurants across the street. I'll agree with you in terms of... uh uh, sit-down restaurants, that there is, a, a, I think, a good comparison because a sit-down restaurant, with the exception of the Blue Bayou, we were talking specifically about counter service, and I'm sorry, I have to disagree with you. Disney World blows Disneyland out of the water when it comes to counter service. Just, it's that simple. It's The food's better. There's a much wider uh, array of choices. And it's, uh, you know, that's that's where my issue was, is the counter service meals were just atrocious that we had out there. There was no excuse for it, but we can agree to disagree on that. We like to go to the Garden Walk where they have a Cheesecake Factory, P.F. Chang's, and a Bar Louie. All of them have good food. There are a couple other restaurants there, too, but we didn't go to them. 
Of course, if you have a car, you need to go to an In-N-Out Burger, and for those from the Chicago area, there is a Portillo's just down the street from Knott's Berry Farm, so you can get your good hot dogs and beef sandwiches there. Merchandise, I think, is better in Disneyland. One of the last times my brother went to Florida, he picked me up a shirt with the monorail on it. The thing was so thin, the quality of it was like a white undershirt. In Disneyland, you have nice heavyweight shirts with cool designs for the adults. And although a lot of the stores do have the same old thing, I don't think they suffer from the same princess stuff at every store like it seems Disney World does. For the parades and fireworks, there's no comparison to the Fantasmic show in Disneyland to the one in Disney World. In Disneyland, you're right there on the river, and you're so close to the action, and they have that Columbia ship for the Peter Pan segment and the large Mark Twain for the finale. It just seems so much better. At DCA, you can still see the Main Street Electrical Parade, although I will admit it was looking a bit run down when I saw it there last April. One of the things I miss about Florida that California still seems to have is late park hours. Even during the non-busy times when we were there, Disneyland seemed to be open at least till 9 or 10 p.m., and the weekends it's open till midnight or later. In Florida, it seems like the only time the parks open late outside of the summer months is when they have a party once you have to pay extra to get in. In terms of characters, we found that we like the setup in California a little bit better than Florida. The character meet and greets aren't really listed in the Times Guide outside of Mickey and the Princesses and the Tinkerbell area, but the characters do seem to appear more at random at places around the park where you least expect it, and that makes it more exciting for the kids when they see a character they want to meet. If there is one drawback to going to Disneyland, it's that the plane ride is much longer for those coming from the east. With little kids, it may be a little too long if they can't sit still. On our trip in October, we also took a trip down to the San Diego Wild Animal Park on your recommendation and found that to be a nice day trip to take as well. I think for families with small children who have been accustomed to going to Disney World in Florida, I think taking a trip to California to visit Disneyland would be a nice alternative. The food is a little bit more expensive, but the tickets are cheaper, so you save there. That's anyway, a good point. thanks for listening to my voicemail, and keep up the great work on the podcast. Well, thank you very much, Brian. I really do appreciate your uh, your comments, and I agree with you almost everything you said. Like I said, the dining, we might have to agree to disagree on, uh, but you do raise a good point about the difference between uh, where the, where the uh, dining may be a little bit more expensive, the tickets are less expensive, just by virtue of the fact that there's only two theme parks versus four here, so... And I absolutely 100% agree with you on Fantasmic. There's just no comparison. The Fantasmic in Disneyland just is, it, it's, you can't even mention it in the same breath with our Fantasmic. It is so much better out there. Uh, being right on Rivers of America like that, and as he said, you know, you're kind of close to it, and they do use the, the, the big ships, the, uh, the Columbia and the Mark Twain. And I disagree with him on the character uh, appearances. He seems to like the fact that they're more random. I think if you're looking, if you have children who are looking to see a specific character, the fact that you know you don't know where they're going to show up, there are people here who plan their their day around getting to see specific characters, knowing where they're going to be and when they're going to be allows you to do that. Well, that's a good point. We, uh, see, I'm sorry, Kevin. We have somebody on the boards who's looking for Miko, so I, there are people who are looking for specific characters. Right. Well, another thing I agree with him on, uh, and again, I'm glad he called in because this was a great, uh, a great piece that he sent in to us. Because uh, Walter and I were out there without kids, 
So, you know, our perspective was just kind of from our perspective and um, especially in making the comparison between Fantasyland, I think he's absolutely right. Their Fantasyland yes, blows ours out of the water. I agree. Um, and like the story, you know, we were talking last week about the storybook rides, storybook canal, bo- uh, canal boats. Um, that's something I looked at initially as like, I'm not going to go on that. But we went on it this last time and it was awesome. It it, is, the only yeah. thing that made me nervous about it was my weight because these boats are free. They're, they're small boats. They're free floating boats. They're not on a track. And they pack them too. Mm-hmm. And they pack them. And they, like, they tell you at the end, like, everybody has to stand up at the same time. I'm like, well, okay, well, you got to give me five minutes to get ready. It takes me a little while to, like, you know, get up from a sitting position. I'm, you know, packing a little bit in front of me, I'm carrying a 14 year old child in my stomach. Um, but, you know, th- things like that, they do have all these extra things out there that we don't have in our, in our park. And uh, there is, and it's absolutely the, uh, the intimacy of Disneyland coupled with the availability of things uh, in Southern California. I'm really glad to hear you went down to Wild Animal Park. I'm glad you enjoyed that. We're actually getting a number of emails from people telling us that they, are, they either have gone or are going. Uh, to Wild Animal Park on our recommendation. And trust me, you'll love it. And I think that video is helping out a lot that we put up. Uh, getting a lot of really great comments uh, about the Wild Animal Park video. Um, but, um, Brian, I really appreciate you putting uh, this all together for us. And we're actually going to uh, include your uh, your comments on the Disneyland area of our uh, of our site because I think you bring up some excellent points for people with young children. So in lieu of that, I want you to go ahead and pick a number. So I thank you very much for... Uh, we need his contact information. Yeah, you didn't give us your contact information. Well, he sent an email. He, this is attached to an email, so I can oh, find okay. that. But um, we'll uh, let you go ahead and pick a number for that. We appreciate it. Who has an email they would like to read? I have one from Andre. He's from Laguna Beach. He writes, Hey, guys, I'm a Southern California resident. And I only have the ability to make one trip to Disneyland this year, considering the fact that I'm 17 and would be paying for my own ticket. I've been to both parks a couple times, but I can't decide which one to choose if I can only visit one park. I love thrill rides, so I can't get much out of Small World and the like. But I feel like California Adventure doesn't have enough for a full day. What are your guys' thoughts? Thanks. You know, look, I like California Adventure, but... uh, I don't know if I would choose it until they're done with their entire rehab because you might take a chance on going there and one of the rides you're looking forward to doing might be closed mm-hmm. while they're refurbishing it. And, you know, the Magic Kingdom does have some thrill rides. Yeah, you've got Indiana Jones, you've got Matterhorn, you've Splash got Mountain, Splash Thunder Mountain, Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain. And some fun rides, you know, Buzz Lightyear's fun. You have Space Mountain, Pirates is fun. Space Mountain's another great thrill ride. Yeah. So I mean, I would say I would say the Disneyland Park over yeah. California Adventure. If I only had, if I had to choose one, you know, their interventions, you can really kill some time in there too. Yeah, you can. I think it's. I like their interventions. Cool. Well, thank you for the email, Andre. Thank you, Corey. Who else? I'll go. Hey, my name is Sean from New York, and I have been going to Walt Disney World once every two years since 1996. But I have only been to Disneyland once in 1991. I don't remember much about that trip. My questions are, can you give me some pros and cons about Disneyland? What does Disneyland have that Disney World does not? And how many how many days do you think is needed to tour the tour 
two parks at Disneyland. What is downtown Disney like at Disneyland? I think the first um, voicemail answered a lot of pros and cons about Disneyland. Um, what does Disneyland have that Disney World does not? Um, some of the original rides. Um, we also covered that last week in our yeah. show. And how many days do you think it's needed to tour the tour two parks? I can't say two parks at Disneyland. What do you think? Three, four days? I, I, I would recommend if you want to make sure you get to see everything and don't kill yourself doing it, four days should do it. Yeah, I think anything longer than that and you should be touring some off-site stuff. And what is downtown Disney like at Disneyland? I actually like downtown Disney better at Disneyland. I do. I think it's a little more compact, but you still have a lot of the same stuff that um, Disney World has. But if you're into downtown Disney, I think Disneyland's the place to I go. I think it's mostly more high-end stuff in, in Disneyland. That's the only thing that turned me off is that you know we have – I think we have more options because of the size of ours uh, in terms of things you can buy and – not everything was like, you know, what is it, Vault... Uh, Vault 28. Vault 28 or whatever it is. And, uh, the you know, the Fossil Store and stuff like that. I mean, a lot of that stuff is it just seems to be on the, a little bit on the higher end. The Build-A-Bear. Just seem, yeah, like it was a little bit different. But, I mean, like with restaurants, it seems like, to me, it seemed like there was more choices at their downtown Disney better choices. Eating. I don't yeah. know that there okay. are more, but I think there are better choices. There. I agree with better. House of Blues, Ralph Brennan's uh, Jazz Kitchen, um, uh, the Mexican Tortilla place, Joe's. Tortilla Joe's. They have ESPN uh, also. ESPN. Uh, they've got Catal. They've got uh, uh, the uh, uh, Naples uh, Italian restaurant, which oh, we had some great pizza in Naples. Uh, they have a La Brea Bakery, which is fantastic. So they do have some some great options. Uh, One of the biggest differences is you walk through their downtown Disney to get to their parks. If you're coming from the hotels, yeah, right. from so the Disney hotels. So it's not like it's a completely different thing. You got to take a bus to. And what I found about that was it sort of enticed you to want to go there. Yeah, because you might not have been going there for that. But as you walk past these places, you thought, oh, I'd like to try that. Or, also, the entertainment they have, just the random entertainment they have. At night, yeah. At spectacular. Night is spectacular. Again, you're in Southern California, so the quality of entertainers in general at Disneyland, whether it's in the parks or just the you know kind of impromptu performances being put on at Downtown Disney, the quality of the entertainment is definitely several notches above ours. Because you're out there in California, that's where the pros are. And you know you got a lot of people looking to break into the into the business, and Disney sometimes is a good place to do that. Remember, Sharon Stone started as Mickey Mouse. Steve Martin was sweeping streets uh, uh, at Disneyland when he was working at the Magic Shop. At the Magic Shop, yeah. I'm going to take an opposite opinion. I didn't care for the mall like quality of downtown Disney in California. There was a Sephora, a makeup store. Mm -hmm. There was a Department Fifty Six. We have Which those, is gone. We have those things in the mall here. I don't know that the makeup store has a place at Downtown Disney. That's my opinion. I didn't care for that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. There were too many um, retail establishments. It's like there should have been a gap. It just struck me That's that th point. there are too many uh, retail establishments that aren't Disney. Um, well, I see. I, I agree with you on Sephora and even Department 56, which is now closed, by the way. Um, I think, the, but with the exception of those two, I thought the rest of them. Um, fit in fairly well. Um, you know the uh, the Sterling Silver Shop. I didn't. I don't know about. 
but uh, they have some they have some interesting they have some interesting stores. Um, the shopping is less of an of a, of a draw for me there than the dining is because there is actually some very very good dining venues there, uh, especially when you know I was talking about the sit down restaurant or the uh, counter service restaurants at Disneyland being not up to par. Uh, that's certainly not the case with the sit down restaurants I found and and for the most part in downtown Disney. I'm not a big fan of, of Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen, but then again, I don't think I was eating the right food there. Oh, that's my love, favorite place. I love that place. I think for seafood-loving people, um, Ralph Brennan's is probably really good. But if you're not a seafood eater, I can tell you that just my, my couple of experiences there was not, were not very good. Or also, being in, you have to be into spices and stuff like that. Yeah. But they had an, uh, a piano player there that played all kind of stuff. That was the best evening I think I've ever had was out there with the piano player and Ralph Brennan's. Cool. All right, Kathy, thank you for that. Our next voicemail comes to us from Castaway Kev. Was a question about one of the windows on Main Street in Disneyland. Hey, Pete. It's Castaway Kev calling from the Carnation Cafe on Main Street, Disneyland. I'm looking up at a window just off of Main Street. It says, Decorative Fountains and Wallpapers by Fred Jorger, J-O-E-R-G-E-R. That's not a name that I'm familiar with, and I'm wondering if you can give us a little bit of history about uh, what Fred Jorger did to contribute to Disneyland. Thanks for your help, and I love the show. Well, thank you for that, Kev. Actually, Fred, I think almost positive it's pronounced Jorger. Uh, Fred Jorger, J-O-E-R-G-E-R, was actually an Imagineer who is also a Disney legend. Uh, He started with the company building... um, uh, miniatures of the attractions for Walt. When Walt would kind of, you know, decide this is what he wanted to do, Fred Yorger would sit down and actually build these miniature three-dimensional oh, okay. models. Of uh, that's what I know of him. Um, he may have done more, but uh, I know his name from uh, from that. And he was, uh, according to the website I'm looking at, was inducted into the Disney Legends. Uh, inducted as a Disney legend in 2001, and he joined Disney in 1953, uh, doing decorative backgrounds um, and mechanical, different mechanical things. So he was, you know, an artist of all trades. But I think he's best known. I know. I, I know the name from. He did miniatures. What was the window he had? I... Um, oh, I forgot what it is. I'd seen it, too, uh, up on Main Street. Something to do with wallpaper. Right? Wallpaper and backgrounds. So and usually the windows will give you a hint as to what the person either did or what their hobbies were or something like that. It was always a little snippet of that person's personality. We'll include a link to his uh, bio page on the Disney Legends website on the show notes page. So Learn something new every day. Yeah, learn something new every day. So... All right, who has another email they would like I to have, read? I have one. It's from Cynthia Georgensen from Meridian, Idaho. It says, hi, for your next Disneyland show as a fellow co- coffee snob, where did you find the best coffee at Disneyland and California Adventure? Uh, actually, inside the parks, it was pretty much standard Disney coffee. Um La Brea Bakery and um, yeah, no, that's right. La Brea Bakery you didn't like it. was it nasty. Was, it was, uh, it was the uh, uh, Jazz Kitchen Express had a decent cup of coffee in downtown Disney. That's uh, 
had a decent cup of coffee there, had a decent cup of coffee in Naples, uh, the Naples restaurant, the Italian restaurant at downtown Disney. Um, in terms of the actual, in, inside the parks, it was just pretty much standard Disney fare, um, which is, you know, is what it is. Why they can't up their game on the coffee, I don't know, but it's Nescafe. <laughs> Nothing good ever came from Nescafe. But uh, that would be my... <laughs> I'd come into the park with coffee, not not get it when I was in there. How about in the resorts? Was the coffee okay? Um, actually, the coffee from room... I don't get this. The coffee from room service was pretty good. Um, but the coffee in the coffee shop at the Disneyland Hotel was the standard hmm. run-of-the-mill stuff. Um, something they're doing interesting, and I forgot to mention this uh, in my report... Um, that this was the first time they were doing it. They weren't doing this last year, but in the lobby of the Disneyland Hotel, I'm not sure if they're doing it in the other two, but in the lobby of the Disneyland Hotel, in the, actually in the lobby of all three buildings in the Disneyland Hotel, in the morning there was free coffee. They had big coffee urns and cups and lids as you were going to the parks to grab a cup of coffee. Well, I thought that was standard because I know they had that the last time we were out there. I, I, I don't remember seeing that at the Grand Californian last April. The Grand California, I don't remember seeing it. So I, I, I don't know. It might have been. It may, it may be something the Disneyland Hotel does. I know they don't have the uh, uh, the ca- cafe valet that most hotels have, where you can just make it in your room. Right. So I think that's one reason they have it downstairs. Which Walter's like. Walter loves his hotel room coffee. Well, I just don't want to have to get dressed to go get it. <laughs> one thing about the room service is usually room service in a hotel takes their food and their beverage from one of the restaurants. Oh, in this case, it would be Steakhouse 55. Right. So you probably got room service coffee is probably Steakhouse 55 and, coffee. And that's the other place. Uh, that was an amazingly good cup of coffee with Steakhouse 55. So you're right. You're that's absolutely right. That's where that's where it came from. Um, so I can't. Ju- I just can't say enough good things about Steakhouse 55. Oh, that was great. It was in a treme- it's a tremendous, tremendous... Uh, restaurant. Honestly, if you go out there, it's a must, must do. It's an absolute must do. Absolutely. So, all right, who else has one? I have one. Mine's from Clam Chowder on the boards. And she writes, Hi, Pete, Walter, and the Disneyland correspondents. What about the rest of us? <laughs> I'm fine tuning my solo touring plan for my first trip to Disneyland next month. I remember when I planned our first trip to Walt Disney World during Christmas. Dizzers recommended we take time out and visit a few of the resorts such as Animal Kingdom Lodge, Wilderness Lodge, Grand Floridian, etc. That was a fabulous idea, and we felt the holiday decorations and uniqueness of the resorts were well worth the time away from the parks. I'll have three days in Disneyland Park, in the Disneyland parks, and was wondering if you would suggest taking time out to check any of the Disneyland restaurant, Disneyland Resort hotels. If so, which of the three? As I'll be staying at a good neighbor hotel. Well, having I have never been out there for the holidays. Something I would love to change one of these. Well, she's going next month, so she just wants to know in general. Oh, oh, okay, not not for the holidays. Grand California, is yeah, the one I yeah. Think of. Now, Grand well, California is their quote unquote flagship resort right. out there because it has park access and it's a beautiful resort. But you guys seem to really like the Disneyland Hotel. Disneyland, I absolutely prefer the Disneyland Hotel, hands down, and honestly. I would say over the Grand Californian, go and go to the Disneyland Hotel, go into the lobby of the main building, and go. If you're coming in the if you're coming in the front door, go to your right, past the shop, past the, the little store, 
around the corner, um, and you've got that. You, you come you come across a, uh, two walls on either side of you, loaded with photos from the history of Disneyland um, that are really great to look around. And then, as you go a little bit further, you're in the main uh, part of the convention area of the hotel, and that's where you have the wall of memorabilia from over the years at Disneyland, and a lot of, and more pictures of the park under construction, of the hotel under construction. Um, you could blow a half hour, an hour, just doing that. Uh, so that. We liked going to the Grand Californian and sitting in the rocking chairs in mm. front of the uh, fireplace. Like if like you needed a break from the park to just go over there and sit down for a while. And we killed some time there before it was like time for dinner. Yeah. And they have that outdoor fireplace. They That's have an nice. outdoor fireplace as well. Yeah, I mean, the Grand Californian is beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Um, I think getting through both of those hotels... I would say Disneyland Hotel first over oh, Grand California. For a Disney fan, yes. Yeah. But um, Paradise Pier, don't bother. Uh, but those two hotels, I, I would do um, in that order. Mm-hmm. And uh, just spend some... And again, you know, if you're in the park, no matter where you're staying, whether you're off-site or not, if you're already in the park, it's... Uh, Grand Californian's a, you know, a five-minute walk, maybe it's a ten-minute walk to the Disneyland Hotel. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's very easy to get to them again. That's the benefit of that real compact, intimate size of everything out there. So I have an email here from Mel, Lone Gun Gal 17 on the board. She writes, hey, podcast team, another listener from England here. My husband and I are planning our first trip to California and our third trip to the world in July and August. I'm a seasoned Walt Disney World and Disneyland Paris planner. But finding any discounts for the California part of our trip is starting to seem like hard work. We'll be staying at the Howard Johnson's when we visit Disneyland, uh, but I have yet to buy tickets. I have been thinking about buying the Southern California City Pass because we'll be uh, visiting Universal, the Wild Animal Park in San Diego, and possibly SeaWorld if my husband gets his way, but I'm worried my childhood memories of a fishy-smelling park are correct. Uh, the problem I face is I was planning for us to spend more than five days at Disneyland, not three. Is it possible to add more days on to a Southern California City Pass at a discounted rate? My other question is, have any of you used public transportation in Los Angeles? We won't have a car, neither of us drive, so we will be totally dependent on buses, trains, and the metro to get around. Any advice you can give us, thanks, and I look forward to to the next show. I'm actually going to um, pass this on, Mel, to our Disneyland correspondents because they can give you some real specific tips. We're going to have uh, one or more of them get in touch with you and we'll also uh, follow up on the show. Uh, I can tell you that uh, in terms of the California City Pass, I do not believe that you can add on to that. I think it's a five-day pass which is right now going for $259 for an adult, $219 for a child. That includes uh, admission to Disneyland, Disney's California Adventure, Universal Studios Hollywood, SeaWorld, and the San Diego Zoo. And uh, I believe the San Diego Zoo portion can be used on the Wild Animal Park. Um, I can find nothing on their website or any information that says you can add on to this. I don't believe you can. Um, but we'll uh, put a link to their website on the show notes page as well. And, uh, 
as far as SeaWorld is concerned, unless I haven't been to SeaWorld in San Diego, but unless it's remarkably different than ours, I can tell you SeaWorld parks are immaculate. Uh, of course, there is going to be some fish smell in a, in a marine park. To me, it only seems like when you're in the penguin exhibit. Well, the that penguin was... exhibit is particularly offensive. Um, but, you know, and I'm somebody who really can't stand the smell of fish. So I've never had a problem with no, it never. at SeaWorld. The park is immaculate. So I don't think I've ever smelled fish unless you're feeding something. Like you can find, if you, you can buy, you can fish. buy f- yes. feeding fish to feed like seals and things like that. Yeah, on our, I've never been to that Sea World, but our Sea World, if you go near the manta ray petting thing, that smells fishy. Well, that's where you can buy a lot of stuff. Right, for the that's where rays. they're feeding them. Okay. Right, exactly. So, but uh, like I said, Mel, I'm going to pass your question on to our Disneyland correspondents and I have don't them think get in touch with you. There's a metro in LA, is there? Yeah, they do have a subway. Um, that takes you from certain parts of L.A. Like out to Universal Studios and a few other places. But I remember Mary Jo, uh, and I think this was on our, uh, when, we, when we put up our Disneyland Correspondence segment last week, uh, had mentioned that the train system, uh, the rail system is excellent out there. And there's a train station not too far. You can take a cab from the Disneyland Resort to the train station, which I believe is near the convention center, if I remember correctly. And that from there you can get a lot of places. She had recommended taking the train out to San Clemente to go to the beach. Hmm. Um, so there are there are a lot of options. I'm not sure about bus service or anything like that. But like I said, we'll have the Disneyland correspondents uh, talk to you about that, and we'll follow up on the show so we can get that information out to everybody. But thank you very much, Mel, for writing. All right, our next voicemail comes to us from Chrissy, who is the uh, podcast listener who saw Walter and I out in California and didn't come up to us. So, here is Chrissy. Hi, podcast team. This is Chrissy from Southern California. I'm Princess Chrissy on the Discord. I was listening to the email show from this week and was so excited when you all gave a little shout-out to me. I'm sure you're wondering what in the world I'm talking about, but I was the one that spotted Pete and Walter when they were out here in California earlier this month and posted about my celebrity sighting on the podcast board. On the show, John asked, I wonder why they didn't come up to you. So I wanted to share what happened. We were at the parks on Sunday the 8th, partaking in the What Will You Celebrate campaign, as I had just received news that Friday that I was getting a really big promotion at work. A little woohoo for me, I guess. I had been following Pete's status updates from his Facebook page on my phone and knew that they had spent Saturday at Disneyland, so I figured if we were going to run into them, our best bet would be a California adventure. My fiancé and I are annual pass holders, and we visit the parks a lot, so we are rarely ever in a hurry to get from ride to ride, and we like to park hop. While we're excited for the changes that are coming, we're in the minority of locals that actually really enjoy this California adventure. So around 11 a.m., we made our way over there. As I was walking out of the restroom in the entrance plaza, I looked up, and there were Pete and Walter about 20 feet away from us heading toward the exit. I have to tell you, it wasn't the giant camera that gave it away because Pete didn't have it out. It wasn't the spotlight, the applause machine, or the I'm Pete t-shirt. That was actually covered up by a Disneyland hoodie. It was Walter as the human condom, as he ever so affectionately <laughs> referred to him in his blog. Now, I wasn't 100% sure that it was Walter, but when I looked in front of him, I recognized Pete. Even though he tries to cover up his face in his pictures, the goatee gave him away. <laughs> I was so excited, almost as excited as when I spotted Gwen Stefani pushing Little Kingston in a stroller down Main Street. <laughs> I've seen a lot of famous people in the parks, and I make it a rule to always observe from afar. But in this instance, I really wanted to have a chance to say hello. By the time I processed what was happening, he was already making his way to the turnstiles, and I didn't want to go chasing after him and show my true stalker colors. 
Had I been brave enough to approach them, I would have said what I know you've already heard so many times before, but feel it truly can't be said enough. Thank you. Thank you for creating the biz. Thank you and your crew for making the boards, www.info.com, and the podcast what they are. I have been on a biz for almost five years, and my mom suggested we check it out because we were talking about having a busy wedding. It was only recently, though, that I started listening to the podcast. At first, I just wanted to check out the show and see if it was worth listening to. I enjoyed it, so I started downloading older shows that touched on topics I was interested in, certain resorts, restaurants, events, etc. Then I found that I simply just enjoyed the show no matter the topic. I love the input that each podcast member has to offer. Every one of you brings something to the show, and I love the camaraderie and the chemistry between all of you. From this, I now have every single show on my iPhone from 2006 to 2009, all of the roundtables, email shows, universal shows, and special segments. All in all, this takes up about a third of the capacity on my 16-gigabyte phone, but that is space well spent as far as I'm concerned. We took our first trip to the world last September, and the information I've taken away over the past few years from the boards was invaluable to our trip. We had such a great time that we're going back in March to celebrate our 10th anniversary, and maybe we'll have another chance to spot you when we're in your neck of the woods just one month from now. And we're also planning on getting married with an escape wedding at Seabreeze Point next year, again, thanks to the boards. Unfortunately for me, I started listening too late to audition to be one of the Disneyland correspondents, but I'm really looking forward to the Disneyland meet you're planning for September. I already warned my fiancé that this is something we will be attending. <laughs> if you need any help in getting stuff together from the West Coast, please let me know, and I'll be more than happy to help. This truly is just a boastful message, because every time I think of a question to write or call in about, it's either answered on the next podcast I listen to, I can find the information on the website. I apologize for leaving such a long message, but for all I wanted to say, I just couldn't cut it down to be any shorter. So again, thank you. And is it Wednesday yet? <laughs> well, thank you very much, Chrissy. That was a very sweet uh, voicemail. We really appreciate that. And I'm just sorry that we didn't get a chance to uh, say hello while we were out in California. How could she possibly recognize me in that? Well, because I posted the picture. Oh, that's why. Because I kept thinking. Most of my face was covered up with plastic, but I guess that would <laughs> do it. I mean, it was either that or the miserable scowl you had on your face because it was raining so much. Um, but yeah, I posted the picture of you with the uh, okay with that uh, with that little outfit on. But uh, that was very nice, Chrissy. Again, thank you very much for the the, the, the kind words and uh, for calling in. We really do appreciate it. Uh, who else has an email? Anybody? I could read one. I have one from Dave, and Dave says, Hi, Pete and crew. My wife and I will be visiting Disneyland for the first time in September 2009. We'll be spending six nights at the Grand Californian, and we're flying in from Tampa and not renting a car during our stay. We're Disney World veterans, AP holders, and DVC members. Disneyland, however, is a mystery to us. We can fly into either LAX or Orange County, John Wayne, what transportation is available from the airport to the hotel, and what do you recommend? What is the approximate travel time from these two airports to the hotel? Which on-site dining at the parks and hotels do you believe is a must be experienced by the first-time visitor? Thanks for everything you do. I'm sorry. Thanks to the entire crew for doing this Disneyland special. We've learned so much already and look forward to listening to the upcoming shows with, with reports from the Disneyland correspondents. Um, 
isn't the same transportation available from both airports? Yes, it is. You take the uh, the California Gray Line, uh, the bus service, uh, runs the Disneyland Express. This is the only official Disneyland Express, and it is the only one you should use. Pay attention. Pay attention, because uh, and pre-purchase your tickets. Pre-purchase your tickets for the Disneyland Express. We'll include a link on the show notes page. Pre-purchase your tickets uh, so that the rest of the Hawks won't bother you. Um, the Disneyland uh, Express is a nice big bus, very comfortable. Uh, I'm not sure what the drive time is from John Wayne, um, but I can tell you from LAX it was about 45 minutes. It goes it's about really quick. But it goes really fast. It goes really fast. And it's very comfortable. Like I said, you're on a nice big bus. And uh, it's $30 a round trip, I believe, Yes, for adults uh, on the gray line. So it's not an expensive uh, option at all. Very, com- Like I said, very comfortable, very quick. Uh, but there are any number. Well, you, you know, you, after you, there's when you buy your tickets online, they'll tell you uh, where to go when you leave baggage claim. There's a, a certain place you go and sit uh, to wait for the bus. And as you're sitting there, every knockoff you can think of. Any, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you the number of vans and buses that came by, calling itself the Disneyland Express, is ridiculous. And they will say to you. You know, where are you going? And if you tell them you already have pre-purchase vouchers, they'll leave you alone. Because what they're trying to do is steal the business. Um, now, it wasn't so bad this time as it was back last April. Last April was ridiculous. Well, this time we were aware of it, so we were... Yeah, we were prepared for it. So it's the Disneyland Express, beautiful big bus, the only one... Nobody has a bus that looks like this. You can't miss it. Because it's well, you know, it's nice. It's got like a nice mural on it and says Disneyland Express using real Disneyland font uh, as opposed to the spray paint. Yeah, basically the spray paint on the other ones. So really and truly Disneyland Express. Now, as far as uh, sit down restaurants, um, Steakhouse 55, first and foremost, number one place to go eat, hands down, uh, Tortilla Joe's uh, at uh, Downtown Disney. Uh, Fantastic Mexican food. Huge portions, really tasty, very well prepared. Haven't had a bad meal there yet. We've eaten there a couple of times, and actually, for the price point, very reasonable considering the amount of money, uh, the amount of food you're getting. Um, La Brea Bakery is another uh, popular one that I, I really enjoy. Uh, as is Naples, the Italian restaurant, which we've had some bad. We've had one bad meal there, but the rest of them have all been pretty good. The pizza, in particular, is quite good there. And I also like, inside the park, uh, Wine Country Trotteria over at uh, Cal- in California Adventure. Oh, yeah, that's good. They always have – it's a very limited menu, but it's a good menu. Um, Napa Rose, our last couple of experiences there weren't that great. A lot of people still rave about it, though. Gets a lot of positive comments from people, but it's very expensive and very exotic. So if you're not a uh, – if you're not an adventurous – in terms of what you'll eat, or if you're not big wine drinkers, this may not be the right place for you. Steakhouse, Steakhouse 55 is the must-see. Oh, must absolute must, must, must. I, I would say if, if I have to boil it down to must-dos, must-do Tortilla Joe's, must-do Steakhouse 55. I think those two would be my, my absolute must-do in terms of sit-down restaurants. And I would say, going back to the airports, having done both, um, if you come, when you're leaving John Wayne... Due to noise ordinances and stuff, you go down the runway and they take you up. It's almost like a rocket. It's a real – so if you've got a, like a fear of flying, 
Um, it's a little more thrilling or scary going up out of John Wayne as it is opposed to LAX. Oh. Are so, all the runways in the same direction? Because that might depend, too, on where the runway comes off. If it comes off of a uh, suburban area. That's the way it is in Vegas. If you leave off of one certain runway, they go straight up in the air. Well, at John Wayne, it doesn't matter which way it is. It's just sort of like a up and out. It's really steep. And everybody that I know of that flies a lot always talks about, you know, if you want to get a thrilling ride, go out of John Wayne. I don't want to be thrilled on the airport. I don't either. either. (laughs) But, I mean, that's something to consider, you know, because some of the major airlines fly out of both. So it just depends on what kind of airline experience you want. And you know, Dave, if this is your first trip to Disneyland, you really should have booked through Dreams Unlimited Travel. I'm just saying. <laughs> we have uh, really great uh, Disneyland experts who this is all they do. They focus on Disneyland and they give you all the ins and outs and all the tips. Cool. my commercial. Okay. <laughs> all right. I have an email here from Kim, a.k.a. Mini Diva on the board. She writes... My five-year-old daughter and I are going to Disneyland at the end of March with my dad. He'll be celebrating his birthday the day we arrive, so I've already gotten him to register so as to take advantage of the fun card as we have the four-day park hoppers. My first question is this. How close are the entrances of the two parks? My poor dad came with us into Walt Disney World in 2007, and the poor guy was so worn out. I don't usually park hop, but there were two days that the show parade magic morning schedules necessitated doing so in order to get everything in. I have been to Disneyland many times prior to 2000. I'm trying to imagine all the new stuff, but I'm having a really hard time visualizing it in the ma- with the maps online. Uh, the last time I was there, the original Disneyland hotel still had the monorail out in front. On to my second question. We're staying at the Candy Cane Inn and will gratefully be taking their shuttle as opposed to trying to find parking. How close uh, do hotel shuttle... Uh, how close do hotel shuttles get to the park turnstiles? Is there a designated area for the shuttles? Again, trying to keep my dad's stamina in mind. Um, okay, well, first of all, the entrance of the two parks could not possibly be any closer without being one. Uh, there is uh, uh, the, you have the entrance to the Disneyland Park, and if you'd been there before, you kind of know where the parking lot is. Well, where the parking lot is is now... California Adventure. If you've been to Walt Disney World, picture it as as if you're at the hub, and one side is the uh, exposition hall, and the other is town hall. Is the that's how far apart I think they. It would be a little bit wider than that, but yeah, it's very close. It seems like they're right across. The they they are. There's uh, they're right across the plaza from each other, and in the middle are the ticket booths uh, where you can buy tickets uh, to. Uh, uh, to get to the parks. As far as um, where the shuttles meet for the candy cane in that, I'm not sure. That, there's a, on Harbor Boulevard side, there's a, like a circular thing. That's where, like, the art goes and the okay. shuttle buses. And I think it's, at, and there's, like, designated spots. I think it works really well. Isn't the candy cane in within walking distance, though? It is. If you were, if you were, still had energy at the end of your oh. evening, you might want to, but I you know, I know a lot of people that take the, the art or their shuttle to get back to the hotel. So, and, and where they, yeah, and where they let you off, I mean, it's very close to the turnstiles. You're, there's nothing right. about not Disneyland that's a lot of walking. I mean, getting around, walking around the park, sure. But it's not like Disney World where you're, you know, shuttling across 30 miles uh, to get from place to place. 
So I think it's going to be a lot easier on your dad. Uh, and if you haven't been there since before 2000, boy, are you in for a treat. Because it really is, it looks completely different. We were there, our first trip there was uh, when everything was under construction. Downtown Disney was being built. Mm. Um, California Adventure was being built. It was just all under construction. And uh, I think at that point, the monorail station hadn't been moved yet. It was still out in front. What was where downtown Disney is? What that was part of the parking lot. Yeah. Huh. That was all parking lot. and Well, no, actually, I think, uh, well, that's what they cleared. Part of that was what they cleared from the old, the original Disneyland building. The original Disneyland okay. uh, two-story buildings is where, if I'm not mistaken, that's where uh, that part of downtown Disney, uh, you know, that's where that was. So, but, uh, well, thank you very much for writing in, Kim. I appreciate it. Uh, our last voicemail for our Disneyland uh, show comes to us from Rita, who has her uh, view on the changes to It's a Small World out in Disneyland. So here is Rita. Hello, this is Rita Smith, otherwise known as Disney Anna on the board. And as you can tell by the sound behind me, I'm sitting in front of It's a Small World at the Disneyland Resort. This is the first time I've written It's a Small World since the changes that were added, and I'd like to give you my review. Now, to begin, some background. I was born in 1964, which is the year that this attraction made its appearance at the World's Fair. Uh, I was born in Los Angeles, and every year I have gone on this ride and enjoyed it. I take a special pride in this attraction. In fact, just a note to all of the Walt Disney World people born and bred. I have noticed in my trip to Walt Disney World and on my time spent on the Discord that Walt Disney World people always tend to make comment about Disneyland's castle, how small the size it is, how shocked they are by its appearance. Well, I want you to know that my first visit to Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom was in 1999 at the age of 35. And I have to say, I was equally shocked and dismayed by Walt Disney World's version of It's a Small World. I just could not believe the facade of the attraction and the interior. Not to be too harsh, but my sister and I thought it looked as if Walmart had slapped it together in some rural neighborhood. Anyway, but I digress. I've all, again, I've always loved this attraction, and I've just gotten um, off riding it from the, for the first time after having ridden it at least a thousand times previously. And I have to say, I liked it. I was pleasantly surprised. Um, yes, were there changes? Did I notice them? Of course. Um, I noticed a lot of changes. Now, we have to re- remember, we are all hardcore Disnoids here. I noticed tons of changes with this attraction that the typical writer would not have noticed. For example, looking at it right now, boats are going by. Number one, the boats are changed, which I think most people would would know. However, on the splash area around the canal, they have added, um, painted in what looks like waves. That's new. I also noticed many of the costumes are changed, which is great. There's a new turban on one of the characters in that area of the world, um, particularly in the Netherlands section with the Dutch children. There was new balloons and new characters riding the air balloons that went up and down. So I noticed a lot of changes. I noticed new mermaids. 
um, that weren't part of any particular system. Of course, Ariel was singing, but her sisters are just one of the no mermaids. Um, one thing, um, speaking of that, that I didn't really care for was the fact that you could hear Ariel singing, and that wasn't bad. But what I liked before is how you could hear the little mermaid girls singing, and they sound as if they were singing underwater. And that aspect's been removed from the ride. As to the rest of it, I thought the Disney characters were cute. They were incorporated in somewhat the Mary Blair style. The children who were on the boat with me seemed to love it. They loved picking out the characters and were excited when they saw the Three Amigos and, and Alice in Wonderland and Pinocchio and just to name a few. So I think overall went well. Um, the New America section was okay. I had always thought that they should have used an America section over the decades. However, I think they should have done more. Um, this focused on primarily Midwest and the Far West. It looked like they were trying to depict Iowa, Kansas, Illinois, and perhaps um, the, the western part of the United States. Uh, I think there could have been more detail. I think uh, I would have liked to see more of the United States covered, perhaps uh, Washington, D.C., New York City, uh, just open up uh, more of the nation. But other than that, overall, again, I would have to say I give it two enthusiastic thumbs up. Um, not perfect. I think they could have made some improvements. But overall, I'd give it an A-. minus. Okay, that's it. I'm signing off here. It's uh, just past 10.15 on the Disneyland Small World Clock. I hope you're all well. And until next time, have a magical day. Um, again, this is um, Rita Smith. My contact information is rpcenti at aol.com. I'm Disneyana on the board, and hope you all are doing well. Well, thank you very much for calling in, Rita. I think you were actually right underneath the clock hmm. uh, while you were recording that. Um, and I appreciate your uh, calling us with your, with your comments. Um, I think we made our feelings on it pretty clear. I think a lot of people have made their feelings on uh, It's a Small World pretty clear. Um, you know, for me, like I said, I wasn't, you know, like aghast or offended over overly. I just don't like the fact that Disney is moving in this direction. Um, it just, the more I think about it, you know, it just, the, I don't think those characters belong there. Kids have enjoyed it for 45 years. This is not new. Well, well I was just going to say that, you know, when we did uh, Small World a few weeks ago out here, which is still basically the original. There was a little boy behind me, must have been five or six years old, going out of his mind. He was going out of his mind. There was no Pinocchio. There was no, you know, Little Mermaid. There was no none of that. It, the kid was going. I think kids will always love this. It was a timeless attraction that could have been updated and uh, enhanced in ways that preserved the original integrity of it. Um, while making it more relevant, I don't think the addition of slapping marketing uh, material all over the ride, which is effectively what they're doing, uh, made any sense, not to me. But again, I, I, I do appreciate and respect your, uh, your comments. Uh, that will do it for our show today. We hope you enjoyed it. Again, a reminder to everyone, next week we will have an extra show going up, uh, part two of our uh coverage of our trip to uh, Southern California a few weeks ago. We're going to be discussing uh, Downtown Disney, City Walk, Universal Studios, a few other things. So be sure to tune in for that. Until next week, thanks for listening. Have a great week, everybody.